3: wow. Hello, Manchester United have a worldwide fan base. Our own listeners and presenters on the channel come from different corners of the world. Do you get frustrated that you can't watch Manchester United or for that matter Premier League football or any live sports events because they're not televised or available in your country? Well, we have a solution for that. Did you know that Node VPN enable to show virtual location to a country? Is showing the game so you don't miss out on it. You can watch the action live, and then you can catch up with your favorite podcast, Talking Devils, uh, with us um, to discuss it afterwards. If you're concerned about cybercrime or people stealing your private data, NordVPN, as you covered, it's a one-stop shop for cyber security. It's easy to use. You don't have to be a tech genius to use it. With your NordVPN account, you can protect up to six devices. There's no hackers, no malicious sites, no pop ups to worry about for the price of one coffee a month. You can have complete peace of mind knowing your devices and data is protected. A small price to pay for premium cyber security and access to not only sport, but entertaining content through, throughout the world. Um, you can get your exclusive NodeVPN deal by going to nodevpn.com forward slash devils10 to get a huge discount off your NodeVPN plan and four months for free. It's completely risky with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's NordVPN forward slash Devils10, and the link is in the description as well. This is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by Manchester United legend Paul pockets Took over over um, a, a good week at Manchester United. Um, it turned, well, you might say a mixed week on and off the pitch. But i um, certainly a good week in terms of performances, at least. If you're watching the video live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your questions and comments in. If you're watching back on the replay, do say hello. Feel free to comment. We do reply on um, on replays as well. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe on the platform you're listening on. Uh, Paul, how are you doing, mate? You all right?
0: Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Wayne. I'm good, mate.
3: Good. Good. Um, Definitely a a mixed week for United in terms of results. I you did this week. United are going to draw two games and win one. You'd probably be thinking maybe glass half empty, but looking at the way that the performances have been, certainly against Spurs it was fantastic, and it against Chelsea I I felt it was. uh, I felt the performance was better than the result, and we don't always say that with United, you know. But we picked up where we left off against Spurs. We were really strong in the first half. Created a couple of chances. If we'd had a clinical striker in there, maybe um we would have been able to, you know, take a half-time lead, one or two goals as well. I did have um I mentioned this on previous podcasts on the channel as well. I had a little bit of concern against Spurs that we'd started the game with such intensity that we wouldn't be able to pick it up in the second half. You know, you miss the opportunity, you can't kick on again. Um, but obviously against Spurs, we didn't have that problem. We came out and played great in the second half, only taking a sting out of it at the end. Not so much against Chelsea. It was a little bit more difficult to maintain that pin control. Obviously, Graham Potter made a change very early on, which tells you how, how well Ten Hag had set up. I mean, to force a manager into a first-off change, especially a manager like Graham Potter, tells you that Ten Hag's done something right. However, Potter did make the change. Chelsea did settle down. They looked a lot better. It made it an entertaining sort of end-to-end game. still felt United were worthy of the win, and then they um have the sort of brain fart at the end. Tenog, perhaps. I don't know if you're, you're going to blame him for them. Changes, you know, he's obviously okay. going to make substitutes in a game when, when there's a lot, of, um, a lot of games coming up. He brings McTominay on McTominay as the error of judgment. Um, and then we show tremendous character, the kind of character that has been all too lacking in, in recent years by United to come back. Don't drop reds, they come back. Keep it calm. Get the equaliser. Um, cue the esteria at the end. Um, obviously, a lot to talk about. Casemiro, Ronaldo, all sorts. But all the performance against Chelsea. Paul, um, what was your takeaway from how we played?
0: I thought, <clears throat> to be honest, they played really well, and I think you look at it. And Potter had a decision to make, and and to be honest, it's very easy to come out and say it was a brave decision to make a substitution then. But it helped that he's one of his old players that he took off. But it was it was the right decision to change it. I sat there watching it. I knew he had to change with a back four just by the way United were playing without really having to recognised centre forward who wanted to to pin Chelsea back. They had spare players there who weren't doing enough. They was losing a battle in midfield. Not that they was being passed through, outplayed as such, but they just couldn't get hold of the ball. So that's why he made that sub substitution. That's why Kovacic come on, and he made a difference when he come on to Chelsea. and Chelsea improved and went into the went into um went into half time in a lot better place than what they were previous to that. And then we saw the way the second half started very dour, and it didn't really kick on until late in the game. And that's when it become mm. a little bit more of a more of a game. Then, I mean, you've mentioned about the substitutions, and um, I still don't understand that because now when it gets into people's heads because they've got a lot more people on the bench they can use people get obsessed that you've got to use them I say why because players train every single day they have a few weeks of really playing no games where they work to get a fitness level to cover over 90 minutes of football why can't they play 90 minutes there was a a bit before when games like that went the old adage of the game's a chess match where you didn't really want to make changes. You got everything right, you think you're doing your job and each team was cancelling themselves out. And the idea then, how can you change it? Are you going to bring on a centre-forward to maybe go and win it or are you content where you are, i.e. at the time, nil-nil? And generally, you didn't you didn't want to make big changes that could maybe disrupt the way you play. And, and I turned around and said, the moment they made their changes, United... They're going to disrupt the way they play because they was already struggling without a recognised centre forward as such. And then when you take off the one you want to be a centre forward, you take you. through when you yeah, when you do that, you make those changes and it disrupts that front line. There's going to be a problem maybe getting back into the game if you were to be out of it. And you looked at the midfield, which, I mean, that was a really, really good midfield performance. By Manchester yes. United, the best I've seen in a long, long while. Spurs was very good, very good against Spurs. Different team, Spurs compared to Chelsea since Grandpa's got there. So it was really good what they done. But to go and disrupt it and bringing on Scott McTominay, Scott McTominay, the way he moves, it takes him a while to get in, get into a game. So to bring him on and he's nowhere near the pace of a game, and then he would then ask him to then be on his toes for a corner was always going to be a one that, well, he knows now, Ten Hag, how to work with that, with Scott McTominay, you know, to bring him on to, to keep a game solid, may not be the best idea, at that time, because he gets caught up, he gets maybe a bit emotional, because, all they, I mean, a lot of people, I think we're going to take it later anyway, so I'll leave that bit, I was going to say, regarding what I felt about, what, um, what happened there, which cost the penalty, but, I think the scoreline was a fair result in
3: the end. Tell t- 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 me about the penalty, then. I mean, obviously, um, it's one of those where everyone's been coming out and sort of giving a bit of a divided opinion on it. Should You know, you see him in every game, and you kind of do, but I think everyone who's associated with United, I think, sort of understands that no-one's grumbling there was a penalty. And the second, well, we got two round that's asking trouble, locking the hands like he did. It's like he basically saying, please give the penalty on you. And it just seemed like, oh, after all that work that the team had done to play so well, it just seemed like at the moment, you know, when they, they took the penalty and scored it, it's like, oh, God, what, what a letdown mm. after. You know, it's an individual error after such a strong team performance. Yeah, I
0: mean, it, it was, I mean, I said, Bro- Brogia, I think he's now pronounced his name. Braugia, Braugia, yeah. whatever they want to call I Look, And what he'd done early is that Scott McTominay is trying to grab hold of him, trying to, from the corner, trying to, to get close to him instead of working his feet. And maybe just, you know, just every now and again, he's marking him, just touch him. Just to give him a touch, just to affect him and let him yeah. worry about you. But he, there was a role reversal there because he suckered him in because as soon as Scott's, which he's tried to kind of grab him, he's done that to him. He's done that to him. He's put him back a bit, and then straight away in his head, in his head, he, he just, he, he, he thought he, he, he lost it, and he, he, and he wanted to grab him. And the problem was, yes, there's people are saying, oh, that happens in every game. They're right, it does happen in every game. But what a lot of them do, they, they grab, but they're not really grabbing, they're just doing it so they can feel the movement. And the moment they feel that movement, they're taking their arms away. They're not holding on because that person's getting away. All... Scott was was petulant. Oh, I'm not going to get there, I'm not going to get there. Well, he's better off not getting there, but doing something while he's trying to jump to affect him so he doesn't get a great header. But he got yeah. so caught, he got so caught up in it. And and the movement, we can say it's great movement. We don't really know because you know he had him like in a vice, so we don't know really how much he could have moved. It was a penalty. All day long, the same referee Stuart Atwell was the same man who gave the penalty at London Stadium when I was there against Pereira when he'd done something similar as well. he got warned twice third time bang it's a penalty when people say that happens every week, it does it does happen, but when you see it and people go oh, i can it's i mean um, some person who's online a silly one who's on's got his own show online on youtube is coming out and moaning about it and and it's a foul. Any foul outside the box, generally, they get a free kick. So when it's in the box, we know we're a foul in the box. There's only one thing. There's no more indirect free kicks. It's a penalty. It has to be a penalty for that moment of man. It's by Scott McTominay. Absolutely ludicrous what he's done. And straight away, Ten Hag will now think about, with Scott McTominay, when do you bring him on? Do you bring him on in a game like that where... He seems, he's, you know, he feels like he's got to get him, he's got to, rather than just sit there and just do do a job and be a defensive midfield player and break up play, he's virtually just got in there in the corner and he's allowed himself to start gripping people. I'm really pleased that Stuart Atwell has done that. He's done it twice now. I think there's been something else happen as well. And now everyone's showing pictures of, you know, we see the pictures on Twitter now when they're just showing a static picture or something like that. We don't know what happened before or after. Because you see people, yeah. they let go. It's like shirt pulling. There was a shirt pulling given we saw Aston Villa. I think Mings got his shirt pulled. The lad has pulled his shirt. And normally when people pull a shirt, pull on a shirt, the player falls down. He falls down. and he, So he goes down, but, he's, but he goes down and it's kind of, it's too early. It's too dramatic. Mings is kind of said, and Mings has just kept running. So everyone could see it. The shirt was that far away from his body. So it made yeah. sense to the referee. So I'm really pleased now that referees are doing that. And we can get back to the days of where you had to mark properly. People go about blocking. You block with your feet grounded and you're in a standing position. You're not on the move because you're found. It's a bit like basketball. You you just stand there, plant your feet, willing to take the hit. And it's and yeah. um, nothing nothing against your Wayne.
3: A couple of comments in here. Um, Ben's talking about Tenog. We'll get to that in a little bit, Ben. Um, Ben McManus says, in that moment, it felt awful. Felt like the game was gone. And Mike Pieri asks, should Scott have been on the other side of Broya? It looks like he got the run on him, and he panicked and fouled him. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty fair assessment, isn't it? You know, you could, but uh, yeah, looking after it, looking after the event, maybe even you know, a better player, a more wise player would have been in front of him, right? Yeah,
0: without a doubt. I mean, I'm seeing players now. You're seeing players as players of. Different statures now, marking each other, and it's not about winning the ball. It's it's all about blocking now. You're seeing everyone trying to jump off of st- off of, off of standing starts, and I look at it and I think about you know if, I, when I think about centre ross I played with, and I, I I look at it. I played with um Tony Gale. I played with um Big Adam McDonald, Brucey Pally. It doesn't matter how good they're they're in the air. if they're jumping. Off, off a standing start, anyone can beat him in the air. Anyone who's anyone who's got a run. So what they're doing, they're virtually putting the the big the the big. The, um, they see the bigger players, and they're putting someone up. They, so they're not virtually before, if you remember it, like say big um big Pally would go with a big person. Brucey would yeah. maybe take the next one, or Brucey would go with what you foresee is the best header of the ball, or the, the player who's yeah. more dynamic in the box, the braver one. You'd put Brucey on him. But that's not yeah. happening anymore. I'm seeing I'm seeing like Van Dyke and i.e. Van Dyke would be up against say Erickson. And Erickson's there not to win the header but to try and block him. And the problem is if Ericsson is not switched on his mindset and maybe he's in his head when he's got the corner, when there's a corner against, he's thinking, cool, if I get the ball there, I can knock a match winning pass. If that's in his head and he loses that much and Van Dyke's coming. He's lost he's lost the ball in the air and he might have just maybe lost he might have just lost his life because Van Dyke could have absolutely killed him with his with his power and with his strength when he's just made that run. So we stopped taking responsibility away from players by saying, just mark space. And it doesn't matter how well you mark space, if anyone's got a run, they get across the front of you. As we saw on numerous occasions with Harry Maguire, I think it was um Felix, wasn't it? Shall Felix, yes. Atletico yes. Madrid, come yes. across him. Bang, off a standing start. So people have to say now, I mean, it boils down to that I don't think coaches or managers or what they're going to be called really trust that many players. So what they do is they try and make it easy by putting people one in front of the six-yard box, one on the edge of the six-yard box towards the near post, one in the middle, parallel with the penalty spot, and one at the back. And then you've got your people in between. And and that's what's becoming. So Scott McTominay is trying to move. And the moment he sees, Brozier's got in front of him. And I always think, stand, get your shoulder in front of him, and then you can see him. You can see ball, and you can see... You know where he is. Peripheral vision will always help with that. But the moment he goes in there, you've got to step back there as well. And people will say, but you've lost him. You might have done, but what you can do... As you jump back, which I had to do a lot because I didn't have the advantage of being six foot plenty, you jump into him. And you jump back and you ask first, is he brave enough to come forward on the header ball because he might head the back of my head? And the other side of it that is I'm going to hit him in the chest or I might even get a touch on the ball. But there's no way that he's going to get the cleanest header that he's going to want nine times out of ten. So... And that, and that's what and that's what it's about. And I just think responsibility now has to be given to your centre halves. Now, if we're going to talk, how people talk about the other scenario, as at the other end of the pitch, about if so and so been would have scored this these goals, can we say then if Varane hadn't had to come off with that injury, would they have scored if Varane had been on the park? Hmm. If that's we're going a to go point. down if, we, if we're going to go down the line, because. We've got to say, prior to that, I think that was the only corner that Chelsea knocked in, in that game. And it actually went, the rest of the previous corners have been absolutely shocking by Chelsea. And the commentator I was working with mentioned it a few times, and I think that was the first one that come in. uh, You know, come in quite decent. So... You know, I don't. I really don't know. Van could he have made a If he hadn't made those changes, would United have been in a better place, more organised at the back? Because the game was that tight. And if you're losing key, bringing off people who have got a, a point, doing doing a job, a specific job in defending, in the in the situation at free kicks or corners, and you're taking them off at that stage in a tight game, then you're asking for something. It's someone to come off cold, who's just been watching. Not really sitting now studying because they're not they're not sure they're gonna get on because in a game like that I would not believe that I was gonna get on now. Because I think yeah. the manager was he ain't gonna want he isn't gonna want to make those changes, Wayne.
3: No, he, he definitely wouldn't have in a perfect world, I think he would have been quite happy to see the game out with the eleven that he started with. And I think that that in a strange way, that makes the reaction a little bit better, doesn't it? Because I mean, let's say eighty five minutes, they've scored Scored a penalty. This United squad has had um a tradition of letting its head drop in difficult moments. So they've took off the creative midfielder in Erics- Ericsson Was he off the pitch? I think Ericsson came off. Um Lindelof had to come off. Rashford had to come off. Well, Rashford came mean, off and Sancho. You mean
0: Varen had to come off?
3: Yeah, Varen had to come off. Yeah. Rashford um came off and Sancho came off as well. So you're missing Basically, your attacker, let's say a provider, a creator, and the attacker you, you would want for there attacking something. So, if you're missing all those players, it makes the reaction even better to so say that we got the. We we remain calm the way that Tenag would have wanted it, lumping it into the box. The cross was great from Shaw. The header was fantastic from Casemiro. And um, we get the draw that we, we definitely deserve. So, I mean, Moment of madness for sure, but um, in in the scheme of things, what could have felt like a really deflating defeat ends up feeling like we got the better end of the draw. And it's one of those things you've talked about the value of momentum so often. It's a game where we could have come out feeling very sorry for ourselves, and yet we've fully this pocket moon going into the next game.
0: But but as well, Wayne, the moment that um conceded that penalty because prior to that. When you talk about passing and you're talking about keeping the ball and ball retention, United done that better than they've done in a long, long while. Again, against Spurs, it was better against Chelsea, better. The, the problem is still, was passing with progression. Yeah. Too many times, still going back and not enough. Unless it was going to Eriksen, it wasn't going forward as such. Eriksen is always looking for that forward. When he looked for his first, the first pass he looked for is the one... That could a goal-scoring opportunity, and um, if not, yeah. then he looked for the he looked for the second stage. What's the one that then could maybe then go on to make a goal-scoring opportunity, and then he yeah. will then look at the one that the just maybe the sideward one or the one just at an angle that could maybe just just to open a play to give someone else the opportunity to do it. But United, but but and that's where it was in that second half. But until they went behind, then the first thing that happened: Dallow gets the ball. And he puts it in the box. Yeah. Shaw gets the ball or getting the ball, they pull it in the box, and it put Chelsea on their back foot. And I'm saying to myself, I'm watching teams now, and and I was even yesterday. I mean, I was, I just I got invited yesterday to go and watch Spurs play, and I'm watching I'm watching Spurs, and you think to yourself, just cross it, just put the ball in, it and just to find out the goalkeeper, the centre half, ask them what they, and they never done it. And I think now everyone's getting in this stereotypical kind of... Everyone is playing the same. No one's willing to do anything different, really. So The only team that's done something different are Manchester City. They've gone back to almost good old British football with a typical British-style centre-forward. So they've gone retro. They've gone back man-in-flares kind of style. You know, with, you know, with big platform kind of shoes. They've gone back in years. Man City, to the big centre-forward, centre-forward. And, and all of a sudden, you look, and you look at them, but everyone is doing the same. As they're getting across the them, now, a player I played with, he, um, one time we, there was a winger, I would say, this winger, who played on the right-hand side for Manchester United, ran like a train. And the one thing that used to do his brains in, when this winger, as he gets in the crossing position, he checks back. And then he looks up and then he runs again. And then he looks across it and he checks back. In the end, that centre forward, who I always used to describe as would kick his grandmother to get the ball or win a ball back for his team. One time, the ball never come in and the play's gone up the other end. He's walked up to that player and he's virtually just looked him in the face and virtually threatened him that if he ever checked back again before to cross the ball, it would, it would do him. And you know that player is I'm talking about, Wayne, didn't you? Yeah, the no, two no, players, no. yeah. And to anyone, to anyone uh, out there who can't get it, I would say it's a Ukrainian train, and it was Mark Hughes. And that's who <laughs> it was. And, but so when I see Dalo, when I see people like Dalo, and I see Luke Shaw, get just deliver it. Don't just don't be scared because a across is a percentage. Whatever it is, ninety-nine times out of hundred, across is a percentage. It's a percentage ball. It's not many. If there's one person in there and you hit them right on there, put it right on the six punch, and so they go bang, you go fantastic. But generally, two, three, and make making runs, and you're there to hit areas. Just hit the areas, and then you ask him a question, and then you go and do it again, and then you'll have a moan up because no one's done it. But when you go and do it again, maybe for the third time, or hopefully the second time at worst, that person suddenly knows what you're doing. But at the moment now, I mean, so many times United were. Counter attacking, they will go in and, they, and get the ball in a great in a premium position to be able to play it in behind, which as defensively is the worst thing. You want to, defending the ball facing your own goal is a difficult skill to actually to deal with. No, no, no one makes a run. No one, and that's, yeah. and that's the thing. I, I, can't, I can't. If you're playing cat, you've got to do it, and they, they don't do it. And they only done it when they went one nil down. Everyone. And this is a football thing, not Manchester United. People now, when we're watching football, when I'm saying it's stereo, stereotypical now, football, what's going to happen next? Football's done on stats, and you're judged off the stats. People don't look at your 90 minutes what you do, they look at the stats and then you judge off your stats and I think football footballers have got it in their heads now when they play. It's about stats, people not to give the ball away. you're cross it, they're worried about if they miss it you're going to hit across. No one's going to be fantastic. Him up the road, 40 miles up the road, the one they're trying to proclaim the best right back in the world. He knocks in a lot of bad crosses. It's only because of the media. When he knocks one in, they, 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 must, they, they make it as the greatest cross in the world and they forget the other 10 that hits the first man or, duck, or he hits it too shallow. So you are going to make the yeah. space. So I just think, you know, you just got, doesn't matter how big your man is in there, deliver the, do things earlier. And they, and they, and when they put Chelsea under pressure, they could have got a couple. Chelsea were on the back foot, after, you know, once they went behind. Yeah,
3: they were. But to be fair, they were before as well. It's just, I think, the lack of a clinical cutting edge up, up front for United, which, you know, when you see what we're building on, we'll get to Ten Hag in a bit and now we're building. So we've got a couple of comments in. That ben says it's not Ten Hag's style to do that, Paul. So it seems managers like him. A role about patterns and control rather than percentages and putting it into an area. It's fair, a fair point. And then again, uh, he also says I like a mix of both. Personally, I can see the value of patterns and repetitions now that we have that kind of manager. But I also like realistically see what happens kind of football. And to be fair, the is of needs to not resorted to that as well because that's what got us the result. I want to ask you about um, Casemiro because he scores the goal, but it's a goal that he's deserved for his his play. The thing with him is that he's really made a home in United's midfield. I don't want to get carried away and say say he's the answer or anything like that after a few good performances, but in terms of a start from a midfielder, a central midfielder, he's been so impressive, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, and it's going you know, I'm gonna say these words again, which you, which seems to happen of late, is you asked the question, why didn't he start him earlier? Why did he keep bringing them a sub? Because I'm sure when he was coming as subs, there was a lot of United players who were kind of, not didn't want to shout it loud or didn't want to get it out of there, were worried and concerned that when he come on, he didn't look right. He he got caught in possession. He was giving the ball away. Cheaply, it just didn't look like the players come from Real Madrid. It looked like Real Madrid had turned Manchester United over. But then, and I always kept saying, you need to start him in the game to fight for him to get to the pace of the, for him to find the pace of the game, and then set it on how he wants it to play, how he yeah. wants it played. And when you look at the midfield players that he played with, he had they had to do that. Real Madrid did not want a high tempo game. They wanted to control the ball because they knew the players who could do it. So, and that's the one thing that United have needed for years to be able to try and attempt to match teams in keeping the ball. So when, you, when they've done that since then, he's gone on, on and he's got better and he's got better. And people can see a big difference in that midfield now. You can see a midfield now which isn't in the bottom six now. It's a midfield that is a, a top six midfield. When you look at it on yeah. paper and you see it play, not result orientated it's about the way they play and that's the difference that he's made in there. and then when you see him score a goal like that by doing that and he has always been quite decent in the air there is bits of him I don't think people were looking for him they thought they was going to just see someone who's just going to patrol across the front and play a bit like Fernandinho he's not he's not like a Fernandinho he's a he's a he's he's a Better, he's a better player than Fernandino in that in the in the way he plays. Fernandinho is very very cute, very in the, in that way. But he's a he's a better player for what he does than Fernandinho in that sense. And you look at him, could he be? He's a it's like Man- Manchester United's strength is Rodri. Rodri in there makes a big difference in what he does. But could he could he go in there and do that? what he's doing for Manchester City, no, because he wouldn't suit them, but he suits United, a calming influence, who, when he, when, you see where he is, when he plays on the edge of the defending box, they knock a ball to him, and by the time that ball's coming to him, he knows that picture, and straight away, he'll go backwards with it, knowing that that player then can go forwards, rather than him trying to hoof it away, and when he's round the edge of the box as well, he's no different there, so I think he's made an incredible difference, and, when you talk about someone who deserves a goal and a, an accolade and all of a sudden for the fans to get really behind him, that was the moment and you see everything else that's been said out there. Now everyone has suddenly realised him. It's taken the goal for everybody to suddenly to give him what he deserves. It's, you know, rightly so, but it's wrong that it's taken a goal to do that because sometimes you have to sit and watch, not look at stats. Watch yes. for 90 minutes. Look how much respect he gets. See what other players think about him when they keep giving him the ball and what they do. Stats can't show you that. It will yes. not show you that, stats. So, um, that's I think he's a fantastic player for Manchester United. I'm going to, I'm going to do well for him.
3: I love, like, he's kind of like, as I, I said this on, I think, the pod yesterday, Um, he's a little bit like what we wanted, McTominay and Fred to be one person. There's all things that you want both of them to do. Um, he's so, he's so fantastic, and um, yeah, scoring a goal like that. That it's one thing having all the qualities of a midfielder like that, but it's just non- another thing having like that sense of timing to score a goal like that. So, if you get <laughs> that, it's a, a, a very crucial combination. Um, one player who's also had a lot um, said about him over the last um, week is Ronaldo. Um, I think we've talked some things about him to death. In terms of like you know, should he stay? Should he go? I think we're both on the opinion that if there's an offering, that um, United should cut, not put the losses, but make some kind of um, come to an agreement with Ronaldo to move on, basically because it's not working out now, and um, it's difficult to envisage a scenario where Ronaldo's a good influence at the club as well. Um, on on the post-match stuff on Sky after the game on on Saturday, keen and Neville were going at it. You know, Keane was is defensive Ronaldo, and feeling like you know he perhaps deserved a little bit more respect. Although you know, obviously, saying he should have obviously been um, admonished and punished for what happened after uh, at the end of the Spurs game. Neville was kind of saying the things that we've said on the pod before. You know, or, you know, it's probably time to move on. Where, where do you stand on this? I mean, because obviously, it's a, it was a massive incident to happen, and you know, United uh, they didn't make an instant decision in terms of his future they they made the he was suspended to all intents and purposes for the game it, you know the impacts of that on him and then they've apparently um, put this fat uh, a ban on uh, sorry a, a fine on his on him as well for a couple of weeks wages um and you would probably think from ronaldo's point of view their party are probably saying try and make amends so you get some minutes before the world cup um where do you end on this? it it a headline story of um, the week, whether we want it to be or not? Yeah,
0: I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm pleased that you know Gary got his, he got his bit in and he said it. And I'm sure Gary's feeling a bit emotional about Ronaldo because I'm sure he, he, respects him and he, he loves him to death during their time together. But Gary was just looking at his part in it and what the way he was, what he was saying, how he's delivering it. Roy was, you know, totally pro. Pro Renato as as Rio as well, and it's not looking at it, in my opinion, sometimes as a person who is is there. I mean, oh, if I say saw one of my saw a player just walking in while on the while you while on the field, and you haven't in like the Tottenham game, you're there, you're playing well, you're tuned up, everything's going well, and he's walking down the tunnel, you'll kind of first of all start thinking what's going on and you start thinking but why are you doing us you know at the moment we're, we're you know we're in this workplace together and every you know everyone every cog needs to be there together even if you do you, your one hasn't worked you get there together because you could be important for the game for the game after now it's yeah. easy for me to say because I've been out in the game a while could I I mean what was I like when it was me in my final season inside I was, I was no different to Ronaldo And you don't need to have a great career or anything like that. Everyone talks about, oh, his career deserves this and deserves that. No, he just has to be somebody who's been involved quite a while, shared a few great moments, and all of a sudden, those moments aren't there because someone's come in, taken your place, and then you're sitting there, you can't get a game, and as many a time, I'm sure it must have done, across my mind thinking, I'm sitting there watching, they're winning, having a great time, everyone's... And, you, and that green-eyed monster comes out. You want to be a part of it, you can't, but it never... How many? I could have been maybe that close to maybe thinking about doing a Ronaldo that I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be there after the game in a players' lounge when everyone's celebrating and happy and families, everyone's around because of I've been there, and anyone who was there before, they never come along because I didn't want anybody there because I wasn't playing. So all I want to do is get in and get out but you couldn't because there was 40, near 50-odd thousand people there. You couldn't just get straight out and just disappear. So I get where Ronaldo, where Ronaldo was in that within his head and everything he's been through. But the one thing that he can't control is time. And that's one thing in life we can't. And as a footballer, you can't control it because if you could, I'd still be playing now. It's as simple as that. If I could do it, and Ronaldo has lost that control. And his, and everyone keeps saying, but look how he's looked after himself so well. Fantastic. I think I've looked after myself quite well at 58 years of age. It doesn't mean I should get a game of football anywhere unless I go and play with people of 58 and above. So, Renato hasn't got that right. Can he? Does he make Manchester United better when he's out there for them? No, he doesn't. Everyone goes, but look, he done last season the goals he scored. Yes, he did score a lot of goals. The problem is, is the team, Manchester United, didn't score a lot of goals. You know, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm looking now two major games, and for the people out there who, as I said I would do this, who said to me that I was like virtually persecuting a certain player, I'm turning around and saying to you, that player is a better player without Ronaldo on the pitch. And I think the team are better. This player is a lot better, because when you talk about respect, that player... Fernandez, I'm talking about, but I think you know it already, is he he feels to his compatriot and even the man he mostly idolized when he was a young kid, he feels he's got to give him something which is which happens every time when you respect someone. But the moment he's not there, first of it, he takes a free kick. I think kick I think it was towards the was it the scoreboard end it was first half with a and towards the scoreboard end. I'm trying to think yeah. which way it was when I was watching it. I think it was towards the scoreboard. He takes a free kick, and what's he do, Fernandez? He forces a save from Lloris. Ronaldo takes free kicks. He hits the wall. But you yeah. don't. But for, what was Fernandez doing when he first arrived for Manchester United? He was taking free kicks, scoring, working goalkeepers. All of a sudden, yeah. the last two games, you see him taking control of the game. The one thing we're, we're still seeing little bits, bits that still great me but we're not seeing a, a hell of a lot of his petulance.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. That's, dis, that's disappearing because all of a sudden he's more involved. He feels he can take on more and take more responsibility. You know, when he, was, when he wore that armband, he still mostly didn't feel we could take because Ronaldo's on the pitch. So he's being respectful. But you look at the team, you look at the way they're playing, look at the way they're flowing. Um, the people, every time I keep seeing people saying, if Ronaldo had been on the pitch, we would have won. How do you know? It's like what I said earlier about Varane. If Varane was on the pitch. Could he, could he have cleared that header? Would it have been a penalty? Football, you can't do that. You can't do it in life. You can't. If, buts and maybes. So what? So the one, um, and I think it was the first half with um Rashford, where the keepers made a save. Oh, Ronaldo would have scored that. Would Ronaldo have got to that position? Would he exactly. have been out yeah. of run then? Would he have been out of run that distance with the ball then to get the shot off? They're the bits yeah. which were now We haven't seen that from Ronaldo. If we'd have gone back. To the two thousands, oh Ronaldo could have done that blindfolded, blindfolded. Yeah. He would have, he would have, you know, everyone else would have been wearing brick lead, lead boots on their feet, he would've he would have been on, on a conveyor belt coasting past them. Yes, he could. So I think the people who are saying all this, it's it's become a big problem in football now. Football I always thought was about a team, playing in a team, supporting a team. People now are supporting an individual. People are not going to watch Manchester United, they're going to watch Ronaldo. Yeah. If anything, I'll say to those people, should have been there a few years ago. Don't do it now, because you're not going to get what you really want and what you want to see. You're going to embellish it, so everything's perfect for you. Especially if United win, it's about him. Football first and foremost, first and foremost is about a team, then you can talk about great individuals, the bits they dumb. But people have got to, if they call themselves United fans, they've got to start to support the team and understand what is going to make the team better. Looking at the longer game, not looking at it now, this season, I'm going to turn around and I believe at the moment the way everything is, you've got to be looking at Champions League the way the league's been so far. And, yeah. look, and every game, the next the next game, go into the, take maximum points going into the break and then start again. And then you can talk seriously. Can something be done in January to really tweak it? I don't mean go out and find someone who's going to go and score your 15 goals. That's almost impossible. got 15, 20, that's almost You can't do it. It's not that easy in January. No one's going to want to give Mention help that way unless you go somewhere back and beyond. Maybe you can go and find where Graham Potter gets his players. That might do something. Yeah. You might just find someone who, who could add to it that you've got someone who can even come off the bench and and be make you stronger than what the bench is already. There's something like that who can then push you towards a Champions League spot. If United mm. don't get Europa League, it's a massive failure. If they get Champions League, it's something that everyone would go, well, we expected that. And you say to yourself, yeah, but at the start of the season, you didn't.
3: No, let, let me ask you on this. Now we're we'll talking about 10 A couple of comments that are going to be night win. first of all, to comment on ronaldo given how things ended for keen united i don't think i just don't think you can understand that point of view uh, to him it's about top standards and mentality and ronaldo represents that um mike says um Tenaga stamped his authority on the squad by his stance on ronaldo not pandering to the career stature of ronaldo he's dealt with the man and his indiscretions perfectly in my opinion and yet Paul's point there about People expecting or oh, making even the concession from Ronaldo if he plays badly, it's like it's too easy to point the finger at the team. But when Ronaldo's not in and the team are playing as well as happened in the last two games, then the, the, the argument's completely different. And like I've always said this, and Paul will know it um, you support the team, you don't support the individuals um, on, on their own. And I think the Ronaldo episode and the way that United have played over the last couple of games is a perfect indication of that. Um, so, yeah, Ronaldo's been told to death. But uh, come to the point that what um, Mike was just saying about uh, Ten Hag and what he's done and Ben's earlier comment about the strength that Ten showing is impressive, surely a good foundation for success. Not that it is guaranteed, of course. But you mentioned the, um, you know, the idea of bringing in a forward. And I think what Ten Hag has done Shown that you don't necessarily have to go out there and buy Haaland in order to improve the side immeasurably. I mean, Martinez, nobody would have thought of him before Tenor. Get one was saying, Oh, Tenor was just bringing in one of his favorites. The same with Ericsson, people were saying he's taking a bit of a punt. A lot of eyebrows were raised over Casemiro, but those three players have been so fundamental. And you can see the value that each of them has brought to the, to the actual team as well, you can see what Martinez has done you can see what Casemiro has done, and you can see what Ericsson has done, the value of all of those players, so all you need to I'm not saying that you know it's easy but let's say Ronaldo moves on let's say that Favre, once he played, you can get some money for him let's say that Wambasaka, for example he moves on and you get a little bit of money for him there's some money in the kit to go and buy a forward it's not unreasonable to say that for 15-20 million, you get a forward who's got decent feet and a good goal scoring instinct, and uh, they're fit. I mean, the what I'm saying is the the criteria isn't by by, by a early Ireland. It's get a striker that fits this kind of system, and they could. It 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 seems like a, a silly thing, but the even like the well, it feels like a small upgrade is having a big difference for for United at the moment. So. Um, and, and back Tenard with his judgment to be able to do that, don't you? If it's that like back pole that everyone's looking at, if he's the player that he says, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of move some money around and get this player in. Um, so I, I guess it just brings me on to the wider point I wanted to ask you about with tenor. Um So far, do you feel the three categories, that I'm going to decide which one, do you think he's failed to meet expectation? As he met expectations and hopes, or as he exceeded what you expected of him so far.
0: Sorry, who was that one? Ten well, The manager the
3: manager. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I would turn around and say, for me, he's he's surpassed expectations on my my part, because now everyone you talk to can actually see that you're not see what you something. They can actually see a team. They can see a unit. They can see a structure. They can actually see a pattern of play. They can see a purpose rather than before. People were fitting bits together, just buying, just bringing in a load of players and just going out there. And now you can see something there. You know, he's suddenly look at it now. And the back four done initially well after the Brentford. Then all of a sudden he's taken out Malassia and he's brought back in Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw's delivering. Anything that happens after, after Luke Shaw yesterday is all about Luke Shaw. He's his own he's his own enemy, worst enemy. It's about himself. He's got to now carry on. He's set himself he's put he's set himself in a position now where people have seen it and then but everyone's sitting at the moment waiting for him to let himself down, as he's done on two or three occasions, Luke Shaw. Yeah. But at the moment he's he's looking very solid. I'm a critic of his, and I have to say he is doing excellent at this moment in time. Maybe the um the fact of Malaysia Kind of put the frighteners on him, but it's all well and good doing it. But it's to to, to be deemed a, um, a great, a good player, a great player. One of the words that people use of it is consistency. Yeah, you know, it's, there's no point going to score a hat trick and then all of a sudden don't go and score again for the rest of the season. Expect to be called a, a great player. You have to go. You have to go and be keep things going. Of course, not hat tricks every week, but you have to keep rolling and rolling. Luke Shaw's got to keep doing what he's doing. I mean, he got a booking yesterday, which was again a typical Luke Shaw booking, a lazy one. When he could have, he, you know, the ball's gone out. Um, the ball's gone out of play, and he's trying to have a fight. Sorry, when was it? Saturday, not yesterday. But just to get the ball because he didn't want to run, didn't want to sprint back. Silly booking, needless yeah. booking. It, it could cost him his place if he add up like that. The, the fouls, the yellow cards, he's picking up. But and you talk about Martina. I think he will win Player of the Year. Already, yes. Yes. I think he will do because he's a cult hero already in that sense. He sticks in people's minds as much as you'll see goals going in. You see great play. I think he'll win Player of the Year. Again, it's if <laughs> it isn't David David De Gea, it's another defensive player, which is rare for Manchester United because it was always at worst midfield players or goal scorers yeah. prior to that. Yeah. Or yeah. People like the likes of Eric and things like that. Goalkeepers winning it and defenders really is not man- not really what Manchester United fans or, 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 or the fans who have seen great teams would expect. But Martinez, to me, is is going to win it. And then you look at Varane again, you get Varane going. Varane was looking really, really good. And I watched that one. I saw it happen and I said, there's a problem there," Because when he went down, Varane... He just went straight. He went down like someone who had been knocked cold. Yeah. And yeah. and then he went down, and I turned around and said, "That's quite serious. That there's same wrong with him there. And the commentator said to I me, mean, "No, but getting you know, Paul, sometimes they'll be getting up. You know what? You know, you know virtually telling me you know, you know what the game's like now." And I'm and I'm one of them against the way they are. I said, "No, I said this is serious because he's not waving his arm around looking for attention. He's he's yeah. face down. There's no movement. He's not rolling around trying to make a point." And that was an injury with no contact. And no yeah. contact injuries are the serious injuries. Yeah. Because you could see, I thought to myself, he could have, I thought myself, he's going to get to that ball. I thought to myself, why didn't he get to the ball? And by the time I'm thinking, why didn't he? You could see him go down and you knew then. But I was just alluding to how well he's done. And, it's a, and again, it's something that's bright his career. He just doesn't get good runs. But the pleasing fact for me was that Lindelof come on again for him, and Lindelof done a great job fitting it yes. coming in at centre half at that given time was that he's done absolutely fantastic. Now he's gonna play in the next game. And if he does well, he has to stay there. And I look yes. at the way the manager is and the thing, the manager isn't suddenly gonna you know that the other fella is going to put his arm up and go unfit and he comes straight back in. Sorry, <laughs> you know you, you you haven't been there when it mattered you wasn't really there. So you're gonna to have to bide your time and be patient. And being a squad, and if you get the right to get on, and you deliver, then then there's a chance that you might play. And if that happens, that's like going back in time to how I believe football should be and how it was.
3: Yeah, you'll probably see on on Thursday against Sheriff um, I, I reckon that's the game he'll use to sort of rotate the squad. We don't seem to be able to do that in a minute, um, and the squad still doesn't we can make some changes and keep the rhythm, but it doesn't look like a squad that has that much strength that we can um, make that amount of changes and it doesn't have a, a massive impact. Uh, Larry asked a question here, yeah, can I ask Paul where he sees opportunities for Granacho to get starts and is he fearful that he will leave on free in the summer if he doesn't get the starts? But that's a, a question, that, I mean, that we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were projecting where he's going to play. You were expecting he might get a run out last week against... Um, a couple of weeks ago, against um, I forgot the team we played against the um, the, um, the, um,
0: the, Greek, um, the the Greek the Cyprus
3: Ammonia, yeah yeah Stel's I mean, gonna kill me. I don't Mike, don't kill, don't tell Stel Ammonia. Right, so yeah, I thought that Garnacho would be in uh, game, and and then um, you would presume then he's gonna not necessarily presume he's going to get minutes, but if you've got Sancho, who probably needs a break, Rashford might not start, you know, you might think that Ronaldo will be pulled back in for this one. Um, Garnacho, would you say that he's going to play? I mean, Carabao Cup, like Ben says, is coming up as well. Um, He seems too talented a player not to have got minutes so far.
0: Well, I'm scared to say he's going to play because he doesn't play. I keep looking at scenarios where I think He's going to give him a run, and given the current form of people playing that wide, except Anthony, I would say I've been saying he's he's got to start him. So yeah. I'm going to. So I'm believing it. It makes sense to play him on Thursday. I've just seen yeah. now that Ben said he, he's, he's looking at he's looking at the League Cup. I call it the League Cup because you call it the other name, and I I keep thinking about it. every time I see that the Carabao was it. Yes. I keep thinking I keep thinking about a Gnu. I don't know, for some reason, it just doesn't ring true the name of that competition. So I think there's a, a, a chance that he could play on Thursday. But I think, he, he's got, I think he's got to do it. When you look at Sancho, and Sancho is just, for me, he's, he's, he's playing with his head, his head between his knees. Yeah. There was so many in that first half. He gets the ball, just knock it first time across. Pull it across the six-yard box. Turn around and say to Marcus Rashford, you know, to gamble. Just do it. And he didn't do it, he's, step, he's, he's, he's too many touches, never goes past people, and like you said at the top of it, he needs to step out for a while and just watch yeah. a while and maybe see if a break can do him good and he comes back with an appetite. If he doesn't come back and it's still the same pictures that we're seeing, then maybe have to cut your losses because at the moment he, he hasn't done anything. People have tried to say he's had good games, tried to get him... Um, in an England squad to go to the World Cup, is nowhere, nowhere near it, the lad. He needs to step away, but Ganacho, he needs to run. And like you're talking about his contract running out, I think somehow the manager's got to do something because he can't afford to let someone talented go away at this moment because it, ain't, it isn't going to work. And being where he's come from, everything about his background and the, that club he come from... He's a young player and that club has thrived in it, Ajax, with young players coming through. It doesn't matter how young you are, if you're good enough you play. And he needs yeah. the opportunity. But the problem is yeah. if he leaves it too long, you know, the last thing you worry about young lads that when they go and play, they suddenly feel that they've got to go and do it all in one game. Yeah. You know, go, yeah. go and drib- you know, dribb you know, dribble up dribbling cul de you know, beat five people, score the greatest goal possible. And it shouldn't be that way. It should never be in that position. And while the team is in such a good, a good, a good, good feel factor, this is the time you really want to maybe bring in a young player, just to do that. Would it be would it be wrong to maybe start with a near as strong as you can in that game on Thursday, and then put him in there so he's so he's there mix him with good pros the ones who have been involved, the ones who don't want to be beaten on a good run, still want to keep the play going, still want, got that pattern of play fixed in ahead head now. Get him in that wide position on the left and then play from there and see if he improves it there. To see it, in that sense, in a European game. There's more chance of seeing it in a European game than seeing it in the the cup game when he's playing with another five or six players who have hardly played any football. Their engines haven't been run for a while. They're going to be a little bit stop-start, ring-rusty. There's going to be no great bursts because, yes, they've trained every time, but they've had no great great, um, physical battles in high-tempo games because you don't get that in under 23 games or training sessions. And that's where you struggle. And all of a sudden they bring him in. Oh, he's had his chance. No, he hasn't. He's played with five, six other players like him. They're all in the same boat. Some players will try and make an impression and play on their own because they're trying to push and they're very selfish. Other players need players around to help them, who are in the right mindset, and they and they're not getting it because other players haven't, you know, are not there. So it's 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 a difficult one for the manager. I just think on Thursday he's got to start, as you as you said earlier as well. You can't just suddenly go out United and make those many changes. They haven't got the the depth. If You know, Liverpool, Liverpool, all their players are fit. They could go and put a decent 11 out in, say, in a cup game, in the League Cup game. Man City can definitely go and do it. Um, so um, they can't go and do that at this moment in time because the players, some of them are not right. Some of them um, are not, just not ready to go and do that because they just haven't played a lot of football. And the last thing he needs at the moment is to treat the um the League Cup game too lightly. Don't want to suffer the embarrassment of going out and going out of it too early. Everyone would say, "Oh, great, we're out of it." Um, you know, Europe now, through to Europe the Premier League. There's six weeks coming up. Off five, six weeks off. Yeah. What's the point in re- What's the point in resting players? I know that, and the other side of the coin, know that some players. Going, <clears throat> some of them are going through the motion they're not really the extra bit I saw, I saw one of them yesterday when I was at Tottenham who's just going through it just doing enough and so that's the problem you've got so you might just as well play them rather than the end of the day the club comes first <laughs> you play them
3: let, let me ask this question ben, ben asks is there any logic in playing a player through a bad patch Paul from a professional perspective and I, I guess he's talking about Sancho in in that respect
0: Yes, there. Uh, uh, yes, there is. There is sometimes in certain players and the majority of players you can do it. If I in today's football, if I've had a poor game and you have a poor game, you think yourself right. You you want the next game to get it right. Suddenly you'll change your superstitions. You know, all of a yeah. sudden I might I get rid of my jockstrap and wear a slip. Little things like that. That's the kind of things you do, or maybe. Yeah. Ram, you know, you might, some people, you know, your socks, you might put, wear tube grip and underneath to hold your shin pads and you suddenly might say, oh, I did I'm going to use tape now. Just things to change that pattern of, of a bad game. But I think with Sancho, it's been too many, far too many, Ben, on that side of it. Far too many that he's had. And you after you see a bad one, and he's been, his performances have been hidden because of results. But you can yeah. see... And the, and the fact of he score goals, and I keep saying it, goals or paper over cracks, he was getting mentioned in the England, being in England squad, because he scored goals, he nicked goals, he, you know, he's, he scored against Liverpool, he scored against, I think, Leicester, um, he scored goals, and that's the bit that people saw, he scored goals, and that's the stats again, oh, he scored a goal, he must be good, pick him in the squad, same with Marcus Rashford, Marcus Rashford, one player of the month, I'm going, why, how, but you look at it, he scored, he scored goals, those two goals against Liverpool. And there wasn't many games during that, and, he's, and he won it. like paper over. So I think that Marcus, um, sorry, that Sancho needs a break this time. He's he's at, he, you keep trying it and trying it. And they played with 10 men in that first half. Played with 10 it men. It wasn't there. Game. Yeah, it was a tough game. It just, just didn't deliver. And when he got in those areas, in those wide areas, put a cross in. He never he never delivered one decent cross. Every time he got in a crossing area, he tried to dribble into a clutch of players in the box. Yeah. It doesn't if you've got two free players around you, that means then unless Chelsea were sneaking on free play, that means they've got to be at least two players spare somewhere, and maybe yeah. at least at least one of them in a positive position because you've dragged three players. And that's the thing now. People know that they get his head down, they know he's never going to lift it up. Yeah. So that's, And that's what happens with him. And defenders have seen that. And that's what you want. The moment you're a defender, like playing fullback, and you've got someone who wants to dribble, who's quite quick. the moment you slow him down, so they can't run. The moment you could, and you hear it all the time, or you're used to hear it, I don't know how they coach now. You would hear it from the touchline. Get in, they say it in midfield. That's why I like Fred. Fred goes out, and he goes at people, and as he gets close, he slows down to prepare himself so he doesn't go flying through, give away any silly fouls. Nine times out of ten, this is, by the way, there's always the odd one. But the first thought is, can I get his head down? So the player is looking at the ball, he's aware of me coming in, but as I get there, I approach him, it slows down, and I get his head down. And the moment they get their head down, to look at the check where the ball is, you know, they're a little bit flustered. That means they can't go and play that match-winning pass.
3: Yeah.
0: And, yeah. And, that's, and, that's what, and that's what it's about. That's what I'm saying. Today's game isn't about who makes the big tackles. Tackles are not, it's not the same anymore. Football, Premier League in a way, has gone a little bit how international football used to be, is that it's about being clever enough to fill areas. So when someone wants to play through here, you virtually set yourself by being higher up. So then to play into that area, you're closer to them. That means they've got to go wider. And then if it goes wider, that means there's less chance of them creating an opportunity through the middle. And that's that's good defended as a unit. So it's changed. And that's why when Fred, because he doesn't go out and win, yes, he's going to have a few. But now it's just about getting people's heads down and maybe forcing an error. You know, because if you get their head down, they've already got a picture of what they're looking at. The moment they go the head yeah. down. That picture will change. The problem is they don't know it's changed because Fred's got someone's head down because he gets across the floor very very quickly. So that's so, yeah. that, so on that side of it. That's that's where I look at it.
3: Yeah, it's um great great insight there. But Ben says thanks, Paul, for one of those football cliches. But it is good to hear it from the pro side. Um, Patrick, a couple of comments. We did talk earlier about the new striker. He says I think Re a new striker. I've seen club media briefings and the written press that they won't buy one even if they let Ronaldo go in January. It is a multi-window rebuild. Executive management shouldn't pull back now. They do need to build on momentum. To build building. I tend to agree. We have to remember as well that. The um, money that was spent on Casemiro and Anthony was not money that was in the transfer window budget for, for the summer. They definitely speculated to accumulate with us, so bear that in mind moving forward. Very, very quickly, Paul, before we close up, um, West Ham is going to be United's league game next week but Old Um They're really they under David Moyes, they've become a really good side, haven't they? Um, that's not being like pandering or being. Um, Condescending. They've become a really good side. They they look attractive when they play sometimes as well, and you see a lot of them as well.
0: Yeah, I'm going to see them again this evening as well. I'm there this evening. Um, yes, they didn't. They start. They, they had a poor. They had a poor start. Expectations were high. They had a poor start. West Ham, and they've got through it. David Moyes is, is is continuity king. Yeah, and I and I think it's caught him out a little bit in certain bits, and so now he's he's spiced it a bit. I've never known a manager have so many injuries to set centre halves, so many, hmm. so many centre halves. He's had injuries, but they have got better. They've got a big game tonight. Um, I think they need to win it this one to make a difference to get themselves from where they are, and they can go middle of the table. United get them, They've been difficult to beat at Old Trafford. I think in the last couple of occasions, I think maybe last three. I think they've been difficult to beat. Been very, very close. I think one of them was the League Cup game, wasn't it? Was it a League Cup game? I think one of them when they. I think it was something I can't, West remember. Down, I can't remember. West Ham won
3: yeah. last season. Yeah. They won, I, it, yeah. I think, was it the Rashford last-minute winner? Um, yeah. So, it's it been definitely very tight. Yes, yeah, it's been, been
0: tight. And you, and I saw him at Anfield, where initially West Ham went now with, um, to carry on where things have been before. At Anfield, was just to lie down and die. But they shook themselves up, and I think David Moyes has had, had a shout-up. I mean... He's, you know, He hasn't won there in 18 games, isn't he? I think now, mm. that was the 18th the other day, when they lost that one, yeah, the 18th he's lost there. He's never won there, but they should have taken something, from, once they believed in themselves, they should have taken something, at least a draw from there in the end. So they will come to Old Trafford, they've got a few big game players now, and they will cause a problem. And every time United are having a good time, and the press are talking about them, it does lift people. And you and, and, they, and, that's what, and that's what you want. You the last thing I want is teams going there and hearing all the time. You know, virtually I'm there doing my prediction form, which I do for my local pub, putting down and going, oh God, that's a tough game. How, how many times in his last two, three, four, five years have I turned around, United at home and going, it's a tough game. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. Liverpool, City or Arsenal or even Tottenham. I might be talking about Brighton. I even talked about Swansea winning now. You know all these yeah. teams that have gone, gone there and won at Old Trafford since Sir Alex has gone, it's been incredible. The teams that have gone there, but now I think now West Ham are going now, and they will. Yes, they. You got to believe you. You know there's, there's an opportunity to get something, but it, it's not not the same as it was a few weeks back because they were quite poor. United were still in limbo, but they're looking now. And you have to judge a team on, yes, they're winning. If you judge, if you judge United, if you look to them when when they beat Liverpool, Wayne. You would have, you would have gone great result, fantastic. But you wouldn't be feeling as good good about you're feeling better now about United compared to after after beating Liverpool, aren't you?
3: Yeah, in terms of the, the form, the way that they're playing, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. With, with that yeah. and that game there against Liverpool, against virtually an old man Liverpool midfield, they got outplayed. They got passed through in midfield against yeah. Liverpool. It was all about counter-attacking and it was quite good. Then it looked exciting. It was end to end. It was Liverpool. So the atmosphere was raucous because of that. But now people are starting to see something. they believe in. You're not a United side that is, you know, sticking down. You know, sticking. getting a good footing in and getting a bit of control. Now what it yeah. ne- what it now needs in that midfield? Yes, you can definitely tweak the midfield without a shadow of a doubt. And you can have people inside who can come in and. and it, enhance it as well that's the that's the thing that you can in that sense it's a lot more you see it now there's more of a chance now with it but what it's lacking now is for that midfield to step on and become an offensive midfield to have the players in front who are going to do something which everyone you know you you can go back and recall everything that United were before but there's more of an opportunity with it now than what it's been since 2013 yeah without a shadow of a doubt. So, if I'm going to say something now, and it ain't going to happen in January, you going forward in the right way, but it's going to take a similar kind of summer, or a better summer, to go and to really get out there and get the front three that are going to cause a problem. Week yeah. in, week out. Front three that will enhance the midfield, because straight away, the moment you get a front three who are causing a problem going forward, it will only make your midfield better as well, because people would drop off to cover, to help out full-backs, to stop the wide players getting the ball to their feet, like they used to do with Andre Konchelskis, yeah. What he used to do with Ryan Giggs. Stop the ball getting to his feet so he couldn't run, but then the Ryan Giggs would then, would then run without the ball. So that was yeah. a bigger problem, which Sancho will never do. He doesn't run without the ball. Anthony now is growing into it, and I was a bit sceptical after the first time. I have seeing goals coming from him, but I wasn't seeing the player. Every game I'm seeing the player. And you yeah. paid a hundred million. You paid a hundred, you know, a hundred million. Was he a hundred million? Is that correct?
3: Uh, well, hundred million euros is yeah, euros. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Three. It could be. It could, it could be parallel now. By the way, um, but I'm looking. Every time I watch him, I'm seeing. I'm seeing. I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a player who you don't ask. I haven't seen Bello demand him come back and help him out. I'm seeing him in right back. Every time I see him go in the right back position and get the edge of the box. I've never seen anybody, he hasn't given it away yet. It's incredible what he does when he goes back in that position for such a one-footed player. He gets he yeah. gets himself out of trouble. He helps out Dallow as well. You know, I look at him, if he was looking for goals, I was looking for assists. Oh, yeah, he may not be fitting the bill. He, ain't, he, ain't, he isn't helping the statos. The statos, are, yeah. you know, they, oh, he ain't doing this, he ain't doing that. They're putting if this, if that on him. But the fans who are going to watch him play, for 90 minutes, must be loving him because what yeah. they're seeing is a they're seeing they a work ethic. They're seeing if he does get forward, he's he's getting bums off the of seats.
3: Yeah,
0: and for me, that's right. And he's doing it in the right way. He's doing his job going the other way. He's willing to work back without moaning about it. I think I think he's been brilliant. Other than that, really, if you look at him, then you look at you know you're looking at least another two players in in that area because. You need at least one wide player. You need a centre-forward. You might need two wide players because you're going to be playing one sometimes or whatever as a squad. But they they need someone because the two players in Sancho and Marcus Rashford, consistency isn't there.
3: Yeah. It's gonna be a tough one um for for those players to step up. I mean, but they've still got the opportunity to do that and, and sort of prove that wrong. Um, we'll, we'll see. But Anthony, yeah, I'm definitely on the same page. We've had these conversations off air as well, where I was kinda of like, Oh, I know he's scoring, but I'm not entirely sure. But the, the last couple of games against Spurs and against Chelsea have been outstanding. So I'm well, more.
0: I'll just, just quickly once I know we have to go now, but the thing that does it for me is that it's all about you play you pay big money to get big game players. Yes. Uh, Man City, second half, um, Tottenham, Chelsea, big games in the current climate. He was out. Yeah.
3: yeah. Arsenal as well scored his first goal. So, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, you, you couldn't be more right. And like my original criticism was, I, I've not seen He's definitely there. One one very last question because Mike's got it in just before the buzzer. Mike says, I like Tony from Brentford, 26 year old. Uh, what are your thoughts? certainly got character certainly good enough to play in the league and, and do well what do you reckon
0: i'm going to turn around and i'm going to say no okay. he's not really the center he's not really the center forward that i think united want i think there's i think you're looking for a little, that little bit more energy into the box someone who's going to always going to be a threat to running behind he's not that's not his game in that sense okay. not, i don't i don't think i don't think he fits it. i think Need to step on from there. If you want someone who's going to maybe going to hold it and put that way in that Mark Hughes kind of role, maybe Tony could do that because he's technically very good. But I would turn around and say, no. Looking for something. Looking for a centre forward is a little bit more dynamic. Someone who a centre half is going to be scared of go running the other side. Willing to hold the centre half, but always edging back a bit because he's worried about someone on his shoulder. Someone's just yeah. going to work across the line. And I don't think Tony's got that. And he's decent. I think he's good. Could he be yeah. at a bigger club than Brentford? Yes, but not Manchester United.
3: Yeah, uh, great player. Um, not doing him a, a disservice at all. He's a fantastic player and um, really deserves all the um, praise that he's got. Um, yeah, thanks for the show this week, guys. Thanks for all the comments and, and the contributions. Really appreciate that. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please uh, be sure to give us a, a nice review on the platform if you're listening on the platform but an audio platform please be um sure to give us the review on that um and if you're watching on the video give us a like and subscription on the platform you're listening on we will be back next week to talk about the sheriff game and the West Ham games at old trafford until then stay well thanks for listening thanks for watching